0: as you were hearing this announcement and the venue is byob so if you want to drink bring a drink if you like a diet coke bring a diet coke and we're gonna hang out afterwards we can say hello to everybody hope to see you all there see you there you have sent me the screenshot
1: and i was lulling where it was like
0: you might want to reach out to Allie. she has looked at this
1: 23 (laughs) times like (laughs) she seems to need urgent assistance
2: Welcome to another episode of Finding Mr. Height, the podcast. I'm Allie, back with my co-host Rourke. Rourke, it is our one-year podcast anniversary, basically today.
1: Pew, pew, pew. Pew, pew, pew.
2: And by today, I mean like the day that the listeners are listening and not today, today.
1: True. We are are celebrating our future. Yes, we are. Future us, go. Go future us. Love it. Love it. Go little rock star. Yes. Um, It's very exciting. I can't believe it. I feel like – so much so much has happened like how
2: wild so much has happened it's nuts um mm-hmm. like all just from like the first so this is the one year anniversary to be clear of our first official podcast episode we did do that IG live prior That's to true. that but That's like true. that we was more a, just a like a launch. yes that was exactly that was more of a soft launch this is the one year anniversary of our of our official launch so much has happened. We've had so many amazing guests. And the Patreon
1: has really taken off. Yeah, a lot. Like being one year in, like I'm very I'm very proud of us. Like I, I'm I proud of think us think too. I think it's great.
3: Yeah. Um
1: speaking of the Patreon and one mm-hmm. year, yeah. Tell the tell the tell the people about how we're celebrating, and or how they can participate in the celebration, really.
2: Yes. So we are going to be doing a giveaway where one lucky listener will get a 30-minute Zoom with the two of us to do whatever you want, whether that's look at your dating app profile or talk about a situation that you're dealing with, show a screenshot, hang out and chat. like Literally, whatever you want, it's your 30 minutes. Love it. Yeah, so um, we need to iron out exactly the details of how to enter in terms of like comment on this or share this or whatever. So we will do that. But look, look out on my Instagram for the post that announces it.
1: Perfect. I'm excited.
2: Me too. Um. So what? What is going on? How has your Dallas dating been?
1: It's good. We actually, um, last it's this is sort of perfect because like I would say that like last night was like a big success. Um, Oh, awesome! Yeah, so I convinced this guy to come meet us out. (laughs) Is it the random guy? Not
2: not someone we've talked about before. Correct. Not not like one of the guys you met before. Oh, okay.
1: New new Bumble man. Um, he knows about the podcast. I was just like telling him everything because like, oh yeah, okay, wait wait wait, I want to I want to I want to before I get into this, I want to take a step back and Mm -hmm. talk about how i I don't care anymore, and it's the best <laughs> things are going so well because I don't give a fuck and it's, great. it's funny yeah, it's funny because just as we do with um if you wanted to we would right where here's an overused phrase and here's how it's gotten mutated in a way that we disagree with right where mm-hmm. I do we both do not agree with the statement like whoever cares less wins or like don't reveal you care or you're not whatever that's not what I mean here I mean I just don't care what this person thinks of me
2: you know I'm glad that you made that distinction yeah because I I think that's an important one I'm totally with you
1: thank you um I had a feeling you would be but so (laughs) good (laughs) um so I've now, um, I've been on, I went on a drinks date last week with a guy and then I had this guy meet us out last night. And I just was like, I'm not going to carry this date. I'm just going to be myself. I'm going to say who I am. And if they want to hang again, they want to fucking hang again. And I'm having so much of a better time. And like the dates are actually going better because I don't I don't have this like performance that I'm doing.
2: It's I It's I was actually about to say you and I were talking recently about people feeling burned out because they feel like they're performing on dates and at the time I asked you like what if they stopped? Exactly. And I'm stopped. Like what if you just stop performing? What will what, find out what will happen?
1: And so he knows about the podcast. I told I was talking about how he's going to need a nickname. He came up with one, and I was like, "That is much too long. I cannot remember what it was now." But oh, I
0: want to
2: know what it was. Was it like multi-word?
1: I, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I will say he um, he walked home from the bar. Um, Amy and I took an Uber, and I texted him when we got back, and I said, "Are you home safely as well?" And he said, "In about five minutes, but if you don't he- hear from me, you can call me the murdered one." <laughs> oh God. which was funny i thought oh man he invited us to his friend's house to watch the super bowl today oh are you gonna go yeah yeah yeah. so fun yeah totally and like it was a great time and he was like very cute and funny about like meeting up with us where he was like He's like, yeah, like, I kind of asked my friends if they wanted to come with me. And they were like, let's see if you fall flat on your face. And then, like, if it's going well, we'll come out. So and is
2: that is that what happened? Yes. Yeah, so one think. of
1: his friends did meet us out and um, hung out with him. He was very nice. He it was actually really cute. He the friend like complimented me on my outfit. Mm-hmm. And then the not murdered one, the alive man. <laughs> the alive man. Yeah. He's the alive the one. The alive man. That's his nickname. Actually, presumably, I haven't heard from him today. <laughs> so TBD. But anyway, it's still the morning. It's fine. The alive man then said to me, "He was like, by the way, like I heard my friend compliment you, and like I'm bummed that like he did it first because like you look great or like you look. It, it was oh, like very cute. sweet. He's like, I'm annoyed that he like got to do it first. But yeah, he was just like a very very sweet guy. Actually, reminds me a lot of the friend. Really? Yes, and." Two of the people I was with last night have met the friend and they like said it too we haven't talked about the friend on this is the regular pod I know but we've like hinted that I talk about a friend on the patreon I think okay fine. just wanted to yeah. just wanted to brace that brace that flag yeah 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 so that was funny that is funny well that's exciting I love that yeah it's just like it's like it's like feeling good and fun and like not complicated in like a nice way
2: yeah that's great
1: yeah. Yeah. What about you?
2: Um. So I had a first date on Friday night. Yeah. We're calling him the Bulldog. Great. And it was really fun. Um. I had a really good time with him. We went uh, – we tried to go to this bar, this cocktail bar in New York called Death & Co., which I haven't oh, yeah, been yeah. in years and years. But they don't take reservations anymore post-COVID. Mm. And so we went basically knowing that like it was a crapshoot of whether we were able to actually go or not. And it was a two-hour wait.
1: <gasps> oh my God,
2: no. Yeah, absolutely not. So there – I mean, it's the East Village. There's a bar in every corner and so he had several other options. So we went That's to good. one place um, that was standing room only but we still got a drink and then we went to Goodnight Sunny after that, which is one of my favorite cocktail bars in the city. It's in the East Village if you haven't been. And then we stayed there for a couple more drinks, shared some appetizers at the bar. It was very fun. Mm-hmm. That's great. I think – yeah, it was good. It was a good like – First post-rower date, you know, getting back on the horse a little bit even though I had been on a date while I was dating him. But um, I would definitely say yes if he asked me out again. Yeah. I And he did text me yesterday and we like had a little back and forth. I don't think that I will actively pursue asking him out. Okay. Uh, because as we've talked about, I think that that although I'm totally into women asking out men and I asked the rower out on our second date – I think that because it breaks that gender norm, it indicates like a higher level of interest. Yes, that I'm not sure is there in this case. Not in necessarily a bad way, right? Um, like I said, I will totally say yes and go out with him again if he asks. Great question that I meant to ask about the the alive one. The alive, the alive man. When you mentioned that he knows about the podcast, did you give him the name of the podcast or does he just oh, yeah. know about it in concept? No, he knows he knows everything. <laughs> oh, that's hysterical. So, hello alive man. You're listening right now probably.
1: Yeah, alive man might be listening. We don't know. Uh um, yeah. I'll find out. I'll find out. He I yeah. hope he forgot. I don't know. I showed him the podcast app cuz he like wanted Highly to Highly like, unlikely that he forgot. Well, like I said, I I this, the Super Bowl invite might be revoked. I have not heard from him today. I texted that's him funny. um Oh, also like I, I, I don't know if the dating scene is, like, better, if the guys are better. I don't know what it is. Maybe I just got lucky with, like, these two guys that I've gone out with. But um, I had asked the Alive Man um what Amy and I could bring.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, I sent him a screenshot of this, like, dip that I've made before that is very good. And he said, I was going to send you this. May as well do it now. Oh, shit. He just texted me. Oh, shit. Okay. Perfect. Anyway, but look at this, Allie. How, how fucking... On brand is this guy for you and I. It is a spreadsheet with everything that everyone is assigned to bring to the Super Bowl party. That's incredible. I love this guy. Are you and on the so, spreadsheet? No, no, no. He no, no, he um sent it to me to be like cuz I threw out like I said, I threw out an option to bring and he was like I was going to send you this might as well do it now. Send me the screenshot of the Excel. Yeah. Oh, this is really cute. I said, thank you, one, for coming out last night, and two, letting me bully myself into your Super Bowl plans. Please let us know what would actually be most helpful to bring. I threw out that dip on a whim. We're truly happy to do anything. And he said, I'm just mm-hmm. happy you haven't reconsidered.
2: That's cute.
1: Oh, I love oh, that. Oh, man. I'm You're excited adorable. for this party. Thank you. I'll, I'm excited to report back. Um, will you send me a he- picture of him? I want to see oh, what yeah, he looks like. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, the Patreon people will hear it before. This man is actually a good example of a very true um, – he is not lying about being six feet. like, is exactly six feet. Oh, that's great. Yeah, because I had on little heels last night, and he and I were, like, um, head
2: to head. This actually reminds me of another update that I have, and I also have two phone-throwing moments that I want to get to before we transition to our guest. So I decided – so as as we've discussed, my height filter typically on dating apps is 6'2". Yep. And I decided sort of on a whim – and I've done this before, but I decided sort of on a whim a couple days ago. To bring it down to
1: 6.1. Mm-hmm.
2: And I specifically did that with the intention of then going through my beeline to be like, let me just see all of the people that are in this bucket that have liked me already. Yeah. That I was not seeing. Because as yeah, we've discussed, that's a
1: really good idea.
2: Yeah. So like I think this is actually a good strategy because as we've discussed, even if you have, at least on most of the major dating apps, even if you have a specific filter that means that you're only seeing people that fall into it, your profile is being shown to people that don't fall into your filters. And mm-hmm. also people should know that when they're looking at people, like the guys that I'm seeing, they might never see me. Yeah. I might not fall into their filters. So right. all that being said, when I brought it down to 6'1", I had like 75. Yeah. Like people in my beeline because it's been that way for forever.
1: Is this when you realized the thing about education too?
2: No. That was before. Okay. No, that was four. I did that. I'm now talking to a few people that are 6'1, but you also reminded me of something else about my date with the bulldog, which is that we started talking about height. And he asked me a question. I think it was, a, it, I forget exactly what he said, but it was basically just asking if, like, I've encountered people that are lying about their height. Yeah. And And he's like, and I'm sure you would know that because you are tall. So they are either going to be taller than you or not. And I'm like, yeah, you're very right. And he then said he's like, yeah he's like I he's like yeah, I'm you know I'm six two with my shoes and six one without yeah and I was like no and I already knew that yeah but
1: I, like, I already said that thank you I said to
2: him me. I was like just just so you know height is supposed to be just your body <laughs> <laughs> like your the, <laughs> your yes. shoe height changes like I, I can't wear four inch heels and then say I'm six. Three, correct, correct. Like I like put six three on my dating app and then be like, oh, but only in four inch heels. Like that's not how height
1: works. No, not and at all. And
2: I've said this before that I think that men think they're supposed to include their shoes, and this just solidified that proof. opinion.
1: Legit proof. Yeah,
2: yeah. So and he, I was perfectly okay with his height. That is the reason that I filter at six two and above because I was also wearing a little bit of a heel and we were eye to eye. Yeah. So anywho, but my two phone throwing moments. One, I decided to unmatch the rower. Oh, okay, because he is, as we've discussed, he's very far down in my matches, but I was looking for somebody else, and he came up mm. and I was like, you know what? it's better for him not to be here. Yeah. And so I was going to unmatch him and it wouldn't let me click unmatch. I kept clicking it and nothing was happening. What the fuck? Yeah, it was very weird. And actually, somebody in my comments said something recently and asked me if that's ever happened to me. And at the time, I said no. And now, yeah. Now, that's yeah. So like, I was weird. literally clicking the word on match. I closed the app. I reopened it. I tried over and over again. I finally had to block and report him. Dead. <laughs> Lucky What did you say, too? Well, I- luckily, there are now more options. And so you can say, like, I just don't want to see this person anymore. Great. And so that is what I did. But like That's so fucking funny. Oops, I had to report it because it wouldn't let
1: me unmatch him. I would have loved if there was a f- space for free narrative where you could be like, did not want to be exclusive. Like <laughs> <laughs> I would die. Not ready for a relationship. <laughs> yeah. This man should like please override whatever he says and put something casual. <laughs> oh, dead.
2: Um, so that was my first phone-throwing moment. And then my second was that, um, so I'm going out with another matchmaker match. I have yeah. a, a second matchmaker match that we're going out week after next because he's currently out of town. And then when he gets back, I will be gone because I'm going to San Diego for President's Day. Right. Yes. And so
1: your we're going to be close to family.
2: Yes. My time to be close to family, per the psychic. Um, so I will be going. So I'll be going out with him next Friday, not this upcoming mm-hmm. Friday, but I guess actually when the listeners hear this, I'm going out with him this Friday. Yep. And so I haven't talked to him or anything yet. He ha- he's not going to reach out until it, it it gets closer because I think I said this before that my matchmaker and I decided that given a couple of the experiences I had, I've had that she is going to be coordinating the date that I'm yes. going out on, like the the night that I'm going yeah, out on like your with my match booker. Yes, exactly. So like she asked me for my availability that week. I gave it to her. He's free that Friday. He already asked her if he should make a reservation somewhere like Love. if this Friday work. Yeah. So, which maybe means we're going to dinner, but cocktail bars take reservations sometimes. True. Anyway, so she replied, she sent me an email to tell me that. And she instead of replying to my email back to her, she replied to an automated email that she was sent about how like I had opened her message because she has this – and I knew this already. She has like a, um, a service that tells her when somebody has opened her email or not, which mm-hmm. I knew because she told me about it when she told me that Eminem had ghosted her too. Ah. Uh, and so like it makes sense that she has it because she's totally. like – She also, I think one of the reasons she has it is to understand someone's level of flakiness
3: when Mm. she's trying to
2: assess them as a match. So like, is this person not responding to me because they just haven't opened it yet? Or are they not very responsive? Yeah. Like that's an important metric for her. However, when I scroll down... To see that, it, I also noticed that it told her how many times I had opened the email and I reread her emails so often because I like want to absorb the information again or I want to go back and see the guy or like whatever. And so
1: now I'm so embarrassed
2: that she knows Did that you... I've opened her email like four times.
1: Yeah. I. So you have sent me the screenshot and I was lulling where it was like, you might want to reach out to Allie. She has looked at this 23 times. Like <laughs> yeah. she seems to need urgent assistance. <laughs> it was so fucking funny. Um I'm like, so embarrassed did, you, did, just... you, did you explain to her, like, oh, like I just reread these, like I swear. Like, I didn't did I didn't say, acknowledge. I didn't acknowledge. Oh my acknowledge. god, you didn't? Oh that's No, funny. I just I just replied and didn't
2: say anything, but uh, now I'm like shit. Like now I got to be more careful, and now I'm gonna screenshot her emails oh, so that I can open smart. up the screenshots. I don't think she cares. I don't it's think like, she cares. Whatever. She
1: doesn't. Yeah, there's no way she can care.
2: No, but I do feel. I, I do actually kind of feel bad because if she's getting an email every time I open one of her emails, that's very annoying.
1: If she was annoyed, I think she would tell you, or she would filter them or something. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. not
2: my fault. It's not my fault. She has this service. Like I shouldn't no, have to. No, like no, no. no. You should plan not- my behavior me- around.
1: No, a, yeah. a, a service that she chooses to use. No.
2: Yes, yes, but I was embarrassed. Um, That's so, hilarious. anyway, that that was my week. In addition to a third phone throwing moment that the patrons know about that I won't be sharing here. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So it was just a phone, phones going. Yeah, privacy. for privacy reasons. Phones going everywhere, but I'm very excited to introduce our guest today. Perfect. Yeah. Tell us about she. It. Her name is Laura Benke. She is a TV sports reporter who turned coach. Um, she, based on her own timeline of dating, which we will talk to her about, she has turned into a coach for women to feel more empowered about owning their own timeline and really, you know, shaking off the weight of society's expectations. I'm so excited to talk to her. Um, she also just had a baby, which is amazing. We're going to, we're going to get into
1: it. Mazel. Love it. Can't wait. Okay. Let's chat with Laura. See you. Yeah, see you over there with her.
2: So I've been talking a bunch about how I'm trying to order in less. And part of that is that I'm cooking at home more, but when I don't have time to cook, which is more often than not, I have really still been loving factors meals that are ready to eat in just two minutes.
0: Yeah, and they have so many options too. Every week, their menu, they have 35 options that you can pick from. So you can find whatever it is that you're looking for.
2: code FMH50
0: to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code FMH50 at Factormeals.com slash FMH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. See you.
2: Back with Laura. Hi, Laura. Welcome to Finding Mister Hyde the podcast.
3: Hey, Allie and Rourke. It's so great to be here with you. Thanks for having me. We are know, so on our, our Super Bowl Sunday. <laughs> yes. yes, I know we we originally scheduled this during the Super Bowl. Like none of us <laughs> were thinking about it. none of us realized. So we we, <laughs> we I, yeah, I just we just it. Are, Aren't in. <laughs> I, don't care. I don't care. I'm out. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I like didn't even think about it. We always record on Sunday nights, and then all of a sudden, earlier in the week, I texted work and was like,
3: "SOS." <laughs> <laughs> well, and I used to be a sports reporter for sixteen years, and I—I I mean, we scheduled this a few months back, so I guess I wasn't yes. really thinking Super Bowl, but it yes. never crossed my mind. <laughs> it's also late this year, to be fair. It totally is,
1: less. yeah, that one is week true. later.
2: Mm-hmm. But yeah. Um, so before we get into everything we're excited to chat with you about, we want to do our weird or not segment with you, which actually is themed related to what we're going to talk about. Ooh! So this week's weird or not is they haven't had a quote unquote official relationship at age mm-hmm.
0: 35.
2: <laughs> and ah. the listeners will find out why this is themed in a moment.
3: But first things
2: first, it. what do y'all think the split was? What percent weird, what percent nah?
3: Well, there's what I hope it would be, but then there's what I think it probably is. My guess is mm. there's definitely more who think it's weird. Uh, maybe like a sixty-five, thirty-five. Weird versus. I now? think that's a great. I would. I
1: was like right around sixty forty because I, I do think, I think that there are audiences that would think it's even weirder, frankly. But our audience is pretty like, down for this type of thing <laughs> in terms of timeline differences. And so I, I think 60-40 is a damn – like, sixty five thirty five 35 is a damn good guess. Um, I think my general take on it is one of those things where – and we talk about this a lot, Laura, Allie, and I – there's a difference between, like, something that is weird because society has certain expectations, right? But then yeah. weird is versus – like, as not desirable. So to yes. me – somebody who's 35 and has never had a quote unquote official relationship is not not desirable is it weird according to the timeline that we have been told is mm-hmm. a thing yes and yeah. so you know like that's sort of the dynamic here where i think that like i personally would be interested in that however there are all types of relationships that people can have that are smaller than quote unquote official right like that doesn't mean you've never dated or had mm-hmm. feelings for someone or like know what it's felt like to be hurt or to be vulnerable or whatever so I would want to explore that with the person that I was dating but I don't think it's weird personally but 60 yeah. 40 I, I like her guess a lot
2: I think I think there's also like the definition of weird that can literally mean like in the minority right yes we're like this is this is definitely in the minority. Yes, yeah. like, but yep. does but does that make it like ooh weird? Like, mm-hmm. like you said, work undesirable. I don't think so. Um, my guess was going to be around there too. Like before, I put up the poll, and it is fifty seven percent weird, forty three percent nah. So you guys oh, are amazing. right on That's the nice money. Right <laughs> yeah, I also think like Rourke said. One, our audience is down, like they understand yeah. these kinds of things. Two, I think just by nature of the type of account that it is, there are a lot of people in the audience that fall into mm-hmm. that group or were, you know, have, you know, felt like they were late bloomers or, you know, as as society deems
3: them. Exactly. Yes. <laughs>
2: um. So, and in the explanations, most people who said nah said exactly what we're saying here, which is like, there are a multitude of reasons why that might be the case, and let's talk about it. Um, and then the people who were said who said weird mostly said why,
1: mm-hmm. yeah,
2: with like a skeptical face.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I I have a guy friend who's thirty, and up until recently, he had never had someone to call his girlfriend, and he was very 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 self conscious about it.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I mean, I probably would be too, yeah, and I well... was up until. I had one, um, but I think, yeah, I mean, we're going to get into all of this. So this, I think, is a beautiful segue to, Laura, please, we would love to hear your origin story yeah, as it relates yeah. to this.
3: <laughs> well, this this is very appropriate. That is a question that you asked that is, that is very near and dear to my heart because, uh, you know, as as Rourke was just saying, her friend who felt very self-conscious about not having a relationship at, at 30, I was 35 and a half. And I say that half, because when you get to that point, every month feels like it matters. So at 35 Mm. and a half, I had never had a boyfriend. i had never had a serious relationship. Uh, I had dated, of course, but, but nothing, nothing more than three or four dates with one person. Um, I did a couple of long distance things, which ended up, kind of going more like two months, but I would not say it was like a two month relationship because we, we, we never saw each other and it was not, I, they were never my boyfriend. Uh, I I love the like
2: sneering face that you're making when you say these long distance situations.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. And so I was 35 and a half when I met the man who is now my husband. Uh, And oh my goodness, those 35 and a half years of, asking myself constantly, what is wrong with you? Why yeah. are you the only person yeah. you know who has never had a relationship? I, I had plenty of single girlfriends, um, but they'd all had relationships at some point. And so right. you just like, I the, the thing I always said to myself was, you know, there's, there's one common denominator in all of these failed experiences you've had, and it's you. So it has to be your fault. You have to be doing something wrong. And I didn't need anybody else to tell me that they thought being 35 and single was weird because I was telling myself constantly <laughs> that this is weird. The call was also, coming from inside the house. Yeah, ex- exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. And the panic then sets in. And, uh, you know, I just, I also couldn't understand it. So I'm like, I, I think I'm a good person. I think that I'm I'm worth <laughs> yeah. being like, around. I'm likable. Like like- I have. <laughs> I have <laughs> I I I don't have like, you know, a third arm. Like I I'm a I'm a pretty regular person. And so what the heck is going on? Uh, at the time I was also I was a sports reporter. I was a TV sports reporter for 16 years. So like Every guy says, "Oh, I want a girl who likes sports. I want a woman who cares about what's going on on the field. Who I can watch games with." I'm like, "Hi." You're like, "Hello, ho- ho- hi, yes hello, sir." Me. So, question: <laughs> That's Is your me. husband a big? Is your husband now a big sports fan? You know, so my husband's from England. Oh, so he he oh. is. He's actually watching rugby right now. I was going to say, does he baby. like like footy? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. And the soccer, the football, um, he's, the football. he, the, <laughs>
1: the real football. I'm sure football. what he would consider real football. Exactly. At, yeah.
3: Say. Uh, so he's been in the U S for, um, oh my gosh, 15, almost 20 years at this point. Oh, wow. Something some, he's been out of the UK for quite a while. Uh, so he has adopted American sports, um, but he hes a huge he, – he was a huge athlete himself. He played rugby. He did, um, you know, rowing, all these things in England. And so, yes, he's a sports fan, but he's also not – he would be absolutely fine with sitting down and watching soccer or football, American football, all day or not at all. And so it's kind of, that's, you know – That's gray. ideal, frankly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but what I realized so often with men who, who wanted a woman who loves sports is what they actually wanted was a woman who was going to be okay if they sat on the couch all day on Sunday and just watched wall to wall football and, and the woman didn't care and just let them do it and, and got them a beer here and there, I guess. If I sat down and was like, oh, well, that was, uh, you know, and I start talking about things and actually, yeah, they're like, actually, yeah. Now they're like wait a like, minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I, uh, if, if they could say something and I would know what they said was inaccurate, they don't want that. Yeah. <laughs> they don't want that. Also, I spent my days in a locker room with very professional athletes. That was very intimidating for a lot of guys.
2: Oh yeah, that makes sense. Very yeah.
3: intimidating. And I'm like, I don't want to marry a professional athlete. Like you have nothing to worry about. But the fact that that was the world I was in could be very, very intimidating to people, I guess. So, uh, so yeah, me being a huge sports fan did not in any way help. <laughs> but- <laughs> Who knew? Um, but yeah, it was a rough, it was a rough go. Um, and when I did finally meet my husband, you know, there was a lot and I'm sure, you know, we can get into all of this more, but there was a lot of feelings of like, what do, what do I tell him? How, how in depth Mm -hmm. do I go with what my experience or lack of experience is? Uh, what will he think of this? Will I be prejudged? And, um, that was, I had really come to a place in my life where I was finally comfortable with who I was and what my story Mm. was and what my unique timeline actually looked like. Uh, So prior, I would say prior to meeting him, everybody else that I met, that fear of what is he going to think of me for never having had a relationship was so raw and it was so upfront. And so the way I usually compensated for it was I just told him, I was like, I'm going to tell you everything right now. And I'm going to let you know that I've never had a relationship. I'm going to get it all out on the table. And then I, you know, hopefully you won't run away. And I think I did it because I wanted him. I wanted the guy to be like, Oh, it's okay. It's okay. Um, I was looking for that validation and mm. a lot of times, guys did not know what to do with that information. And I dated a I dated a few guys who just like emotionally couldn't handle it, mm. uh, and they were not my person. Like clearly, they were not my person. But again, I looked at that as well. This is my fault. They can't handle mm. it because I'm weird. I've I've had this bizarre timeline that has happened that is not normal, and so this is my fault. Um, And I had guys that actually, I had one, the one, the one I dated a little bit, uh, but right before I met my husband, which actually ended up being about nine months before I met my husband, uh, he used it against me. (gasps) He loved this idea that I had never had a boyfriend and that he could be the first. I don't know if he ever cared about me in any way, but it was this weird, he was messed up.
1: (laughs) Yeah. He he had issues.
3: Oh, I don't like that at all. He just wanted to get to a point where I would say, yes, you are my boyfriend. And he asked me all the time, do you think I'm your boyfriend yet? Do you think I – I'm like, why are we having these conversations? It was like he was
2: fetishizing being your first boyfriend. Yes. Very very strange. Like,
3: ooh, I'll finally tame this one. Like, that was the reason I didn't have a boyfriend. It was bizarre. And as soon as I kind of was like, well, okay, maybe – uh, he literally ghosted me.
2: <laughs> so, so dead. Yeah, I, I hate that that's like so fucking predictable. It, but like, oh my god, because yeah. he he was, that was like the literal definition of the chase, that's like somebody wanted. who was just in it because yep. he thought he couldn't have it. But it's really interesting that you, Laura, that you're talking about not caring about what somebody thinks about your experience because Rourke and I just literally just in the segment before this where we do our little like dating life updates. We were just talking about letting go of other people's expectations of yeah. us and how yeah. freeing that can be.
1: Yeah. I said yeah. that I've had uh, I've had better dates recently because I've just sort of said I am not going to perform in any way. I am just going to be myself. I'm going to say this stuff about me. Like I the example was like I told a guy last night like all about this podcast and was like what do you want your nickname to be? Like what do you <laughs> And um and like so and then he like made a joke about it later. Like you know like and great. He can handle it. He can hang. Yeah. And like that's awesome. And to your point, the right
3: people will be able to receive us and hang exactly. with us in that way. Exactly, it's so true. I mean, there are all of these. I I am so against dating rules. I hate them. I absolutely hate them. Preach! And, you're on the right podcast. Oh my god! All of the people who tell you this is what you have to do, this is what you're doing wrong, and it's this one size fits all. This idea of well, this is how you play the game, and it is so. It's such. Bullshit. And all it does is make you feel like you are doing something wrong. You are screwing something up. Well, here's the thing if you play somebody else's game, if you follow the rules that someone else set, who are you actually? being with this person? Like, are you yourself? At what point do you get to be yourself? Like, okay, you've now hooked them and you've drawn them in and they really like you and things are clicking, but you have reacted and behaved in every way that is not your natural instinct. Who do they like? And who do you like? Do you actually like this person if they like a different version of you? Like why? Also,
2: like at some point you're going to have to be you Yes. And then if they (laughs) like, right. If they liked this performative version of you, then like more likely than not, things are going to end when they discover that's not who they're dating.
3: Yeah, exactly. The facade
2: has to crumble
1: at some point.
3: Yeah, right. Wouldn't you rather find that out right away by being yourself and they don't like it? And yeah, that's painful and that doesn't work, but that's not your person. That is not your person.
2: And honestly, when that happens, it's not even their fault. Like to be like, oh, he didn't like the real me. Well, you didn't give him a chance to know the real you. So like we
3: can't really be mad. (laughs) Yeah, it's so, so true. And I had to – it took me almost 35 and a half years to finally realize what, what I was doing, that I was doing everything I could to be the person I thought somebody else wanted and mm-hmm. i what i finally came to this conclusion a few months before i met my husband was i i realized <clears throat> that i had been telling myself that my future hinged on a husband and kids and that that life and that that was the key to everything the future held and so because i didn't have it because i i was single because i didn't even have a boyfriend i my future was kind of this blank void. Because mm. it, in my mind, it couldn't really start until I had those things. And so mm. no wonder I was terrified of being single. Uh, my single future was a blank hole. And that's terrifying. And, and then this pressure of, but you have so you have to meet him now because that future, like you're getting older, that future is coming at you. And, and if there's nothing there, like what, what, is, what does your life even mean? And I finally realized that wait a minute there there's not just one future that's out there like what 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 if I never meet somebody right. what if yeah. I am alone for the rest of my life and that is a loaded thing I used to tell myself that all the time I'm gonna be alone for the rest of my life but you're not I have friends I yeah. have family I have a job like I have I I, I leave my house like I'm not alone alone <laughs> but I would tell myself that if you don't have a boy, a boyfriend or a partner or a husband or whatever you're alone um, which was also terrifying and when i realized that if that happened if i never had that romantic connection what could my life look like and i finally allowed myself to start thinking about that and to give myself permission to have a future okay so what could I do I could do whatever i wanted i could i could live wherever I wanted i could you know i could make impulsive decisions i could i could do I never needed anybody else's opinion. Also, yeah. you know, when you're in a relationship with somebody, you have to take them into consideration. That's just how it works. You yeah. know, and this idea of like, wait a minute, I can do I can literally do whatever I want. Um, well, whatever I want within, you know, within reason sure. of it, within legal bounds
2: and yeah.
3: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, you know, I, I it just there was like an epiphany for me and i didn't realize until you know probably a couple of years later just exactly what the process was that i had gone through which is now what i work with so many single women on uh, i just kind of i did it after 35 and a half years of really struggling some you know it just i think i was just tired of it i was just tired of struggling and so i realized that i had been just being ruled by these fears that I had. And for me, it was the fear of being single and alone for the rest of my life. And so when I finally gave myself that permission that I, I told myself, you can survive that if you're alone for the rest of your life, you, you will be okay. So how will you be okay? And then I could start thinking about, okay, well, what if I did this? I have, I have, I had a nephew at the time. I knew that my brother and his wife would have more. What if I don't have my own children? but I get to be the best aunt ever. What if I, I move to live closer to them and I can be I can be the super cool aunt and I don't have to worry about paying for college and I don't have to worry about you know changing diapers if I don't want to. And uh, I can still sleep my eight, nine, 10 hours a night if I want. Um, maybe that's not so bad. And I just, all of a sudden this, this the, my future opened up mm-hmm. yeah. and it felt like it had potential. Uh, and that was life changing for me. I think that fear of this, this nothingness had been ruling me so much. And when I finally said, you know what? I have to accept that it might not happen. And that took so much pressure off of me. So when I actually, I met my husband about six weeks later and when I met him, I knew for the first time going into a first date for the first time ever, I was like, I don't need this. I Mm -hmm. want this but I I don't need this. If he's terrible, if this doesn't work out, I'm going to be okay. I'm really going to be okay. And so I I am convinced that when I walked into that first date, he is the first man who actually went out on a date with me. Not Mm, the me I was trying to be, but who I actually was. And we talk about that too. And he was like, oh yeah, like... I knew who you were right away. You know, like he he never felt. (laughs) And he liked it. Yeah, and and, and, clearly we are here. We are. So almost it's been almost seven years since we met, and uh, you know, it's that's the type of person you want. You want the person, your person to love and to accept and to embrace who you actually are. Because this isn't just a relationship for right now. This isn't just so that you can be like, yep, I I have a boyfriend or, oh, I'm engaged. I'm getting married. This is the rest of your life, hopefully. So don't you want this to be the person that you can actually like let's think about what it means to spend the rest of your life with somebody that's not a little thing a lot of time oh it's yeah dear god a lot life
1: is longer than people like
3: life is short life is not (laughs) no life is very long so true. That's a lot and,
1: of minutes with that
2: and person. During yeah.
3: COVID and during all of this, like everybody mm. locked up in their houses, you know, this is when you really realize just how much a lifetime together is when you're <laughs> spending every waking moment together.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's it's funny that you say I could do whatever I want, because mm-hmm. when I broke up with my my last serious boyfriend, we call him the oyster. When I broke up with him, he And I. one of the reasons that I gave him, although there were a lot, a lot, but one of the reasons that I said is because he wanted to move to the suburbs, to Connecticut, mm-hmm. have a wife and babies like immediately. Like he wanted that and that's not where I was at nor still am at at the time, specifically the suburbs part. Uh, and he asked me, he said, well, Allie, what's your plan? <laughs> and what he meant by that was like, well, if you're not gonna keep dating me and like if you're not gonna move to the suburbs and marry someone and have kids, like what are you gonna do? As if mm-hmm. there's nothing as if else. Whatever right.
1: I fucking wanna do. <laughs> I
2: said, I literally said to him, whatever I want. Yeah. And he boom was confused yeah. by that. But like that's why he wasn't right for me. It's because yes. like he he was very, I mean, there were a lot of reasons why he wasn't right for me, but one of them is because he subscribed to this very rigid idea of what life looks like like at certain
3: times. And the thing is we all, you know, everything changes too. We are our priorities and the things we want and we need change, but we still have to operate under what it is that we want at that time. You know, like maybe I, I, so I live in the Bay area right now. I live in the suburbs in the Bay area. Um, I worked in the Bay area, but I lived in the, I was here in, in San Francisco. Um, I was working at the NBC, the local NBC station, 12 ish years ago, something like that. And so I lived in San Francisco and I, uh, I, 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 loved the city. I was in Russian Hill if whoever, you know, if you're familiar with the, with the San Francisco neighborhoods, uh, That's a great it was area. awesome. Yeah, it, it, it is. And I, I loved, it. I was a city girl for sure. I, I, after San Francisco, I lived in New York for over for 10 years oh, amazing. and, um, I, I remember being in San Francisco and working here and talking to somebody who lived in Walnut Creek, which is mm. in the East Bay, which is I, – I now live in the East Bay, in a suburb in the East Bay. And uh, I remember thinking, ugh. gross why like what is out there oh my god somebody please shoot me if i ever decide i want to move to walnut creek like what (laughs) is oh that's terrible i was 28 29 at the time and you know 10 11 12 years later i was like yes please give me the suburbs give me a pool in the backyard and give me give me like all that stuff. So things change. But oh my God, if when I was that age, living in San Francisco, thinking that Walnut Creek was a death sentence, which it's not, it's a lovely area. Uh, <laughs> and somebody had wanted to move there who I was dating. That was not, that was not my path. That I yeah. still needed, I still needed over a decade in a city before I was ready to not do that. And so, oh my God, how miserable would it have been if I had had, oh yeah. That's like, I'm going to go do this on your timeline, even though this is so not what I want right now. So good Completely. for you, Allie. And I appreciate that.
2: And I was like, actually considering, like I, before I made that decision, I was like, we were talking about what an interim could be. Like we were mm. looking at, like you lived here. So maybe you'll know like Yonkers, like yeah. places that are like suburb ish, but close enough to the city. Oh my God. I would have been so unhappy. Miserable.
3: Yeah. Miserable. And it's tough because that is such a normal track that you're supposed to take, that there is a part of you that is like, well, what's, is there something wrong with me that that's not what I want right now? Uh, the good thing about New York is there are so many people who never leave New York like that. Like, so it is still, there's a normalized, you're a city person forever type of thing. Uh, but then you still feel like, at least I did, well, then I need to be a city person with kids and a husband and I have to Mm -hmm. do all of that. Yeah, I don't get to
2: escape all the timelines just because it's it's okay to be here. (laughs) I'm just not
3: going to go live in, uh, you know, orange, New York. So our orange, New Jersey. So, you know, that's just. That's not my path. But yeah, there's just so many things that because it's so normal in society that when we're not following it, it's so easy to wonder what have, what am I, what am I doing wrong? Is there something like missing here? Like what, what is it that is making me weird?
1: Yeah. I think my, like, here's what my fear is. I'll tell you. So we, um Allie and I on our Patreon feed do um, reality recaps and we are doing Love is, Bi- Love is Blind right now. Oh, yes. So good. We're watching it. So
3: mm-hmm.
1: And one of the, the, a woman named Natalie in the first episode mm-hmm. says she really figured out that she wanted a partner when she saw how her grandfather cared for her grandmother yes. when her grandmother had Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I want that love and care and support. And that is what I think about a lot. And because I certainly have friends, I I feel a little sort of like I'm alone, prove me wrong type Mm -hmm. about this where um, I I I have lovely parents, but I'm an only child with zero extended family. And my parents are older. They're going to turn 70 this year and I'm 32. And so like they had me a little later in life. And then all of my friends are either in very serious relationships or married. And so like I am when my parents pass away, I will be number 1 on zero people's priority list. And that's mm-hmm. okay. That's just is what it is, right? Mm-hmm. That, that that's the landscape of my situation right now. And so like that that's I guess my fear or like yeah. I have a very full good life where I'm super like ambitious with work. I I, I do not feel Of like I'm looking into a void at all, yeah. But that that is something that I think about.
3: Yeah, and that's a common thing. That is something I hear with a lot of the women that I work with. They they think about like, yeah, I'm okay. I I can do anything that I want. But there is this this worry and this fear of well, well, growing older and what do we do? And there's also a camp of people who are like, well, if you don't have children, who's going to take care of you? Which is like, if that's why you're having children yeah no no uh, yeah not but a good that idea is, but it's a real it, it's it's a that's a real concern like yeah. that that, yeah. Is, I mean, that that is so real i guess i could just pay someone right like well, i could get a caretaker that is that is very very well, true because
2: you won't have had kids to spend money on so you're, you're gonna have exactly. plenty there we of go. it there we go but the <laughs>
1: other
3: the other thing i'll say about that is so we assume then if we get married and, right. and we go on, that that, that problem is now solved. Um, my father passed away two years ago, and he was only 66. And so my mom is now at, at well, she was 67 when he passed. She's facing that exact same thing, mm-hmm. and she did everything the way she was supposed to. Great, great she point. That's a great counter. My husband, or she, yeah, she met my dad at 20. They had me at 27 just because- <clears throat> Sorry, it's still early in the morning. I guess I have to keep clearing my throat. Um, they had me when they were 27 because it took them a little while to conceive. Had my brother a year later. Uh, lived in the suburbs. Did all the things. Yeah. And now my mom is facing the same thing, and it is a huge fear that she has as well. She's afraid of getting older by herself. Of course. So, yeah. you know, and that that is not to take away at all that that concern and that fear because that's real, and I get that, and that yeah, deserves yeah, to be acknowledged. You're and,
2: describing my life, also, Laura. Yeah, my dad passed away three years ago, and and my they met very young, and my mom is facing the same thing.
3: Yeah, so we have this idea that once we just meet that person, then everything's going to be okay, right? And that the the truth of the matter is that life just happens. You know, you have no clue. How this is going to go? And I told myself for years, once you finally meet that person, once you finally have that relationship, everything's going to be okay. Now everything will make sense. And the crazy part is, like, I I love my husband. He is he is my person, and I am so. We, when I met him, I just realized how wrong everyone else was. Mm. Um, but since since meeting him, uh, since getting married. I would say I have had the hardest several years of my life. Um, two weeks after our wedding, we found out that his father was diagnosed with cancer. And oh, I'm so sorry. Four weeks after that, we found out my dad was. Oh my gosh. Um, my father-in-law passed away a year later on the day of his funeral when we were in England. Um which we had had to go out unexpectedly and thankfully made it in time. We were in England. It was the day of my father-in-law's funeral. We found out my dad was terminal.
2: Oh my God.
3: And Ugh. meanwhile, I'm 38 at this point, to- at this point, 39. Uh, we needed to start a family if we were going to. And my husband has a genetic condition that had never been diagnosed because it is incredibly rare. Uh, but we, it meant that we were going to have to do IVF so that we could do genetic testing to eliminate right. any embryos that were affected. Um, uh, but we first had to get him diagnosed and that took me, and I say me because I, I was the one who did most of the work. Uh, <laughs> it took me about a year to get him diagnosed because it turns out there's only two doctors in the country that can do it. Oh, uh, my god! Yeah. Luckily one was in Boston it was while we were in New York and now one is out here at Stanford. So we we're we're in good hands at this point, but, um, so we're dealing with my, my, a whole lot of heartache and I needed to go home to Minnesota, which is where I am from originally, uh, to help my parents. My dad passed away a few months after that diagnosis and, Mm -hmm. uh, doing all of that while also trying to think, are, are we going to have a kid? How do we do all of this? Uh, and then, we, we actually met for the first time, once we got the diagnosis, once we did all that, we met for the first time with our IVF, our original IVF clinic in in New York. Uh, we met with that doctor on December 2nd, 2019. On December 3rd, my dad was told there was nothing that they could do and he entered hospice. Mm. And so I remember uh. being at home, you know, helping my parents and getting a call from the IVF doctor who was like, oh, I haven't heard back from you. And I was like, yeah, my, my you're like, we have to put this on thing pause. Going Yeah, on. like I'm a little busy. <laughs> we got to put this stuff on pause. It, then COVID happened. And so we were grieving yeah. my dad during this bizarre, most bizarre time in all of our lives. Our first round of IVF was supposed to start on March 17th. And on March 16th is when New York shut no. all elective <sighs> procedures down uh and actually all all i v f clinics, everybody basically yeah i clinics.
2: I was supposed to go through egg freezing around that time, and, okay, there and you had go, to put yep. it on pause,
3: yep, everything paused, and I'm like, I am forty at this point, and I know that my eggs are not getting stronger, that's just not how it works unfortunately, <laughs> uh, and so then we went through four rounds of i v f three of them failed, uh the fourth one we finally had one healthy embryo. Uh, and now she's eight weeks old. <laughs> and so, you know,
2: these congratulations. Thank yeah. You, thank
3: you. It's, um, the-, the whole point in me telling all of that is not, so anybody's like, oh, you know, poor you, I-, I, I don't need sympathy, but I met my person. I was happy. I found all of that. And life did not just go. Ease according up. to plan. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like It's never going It all kept coming at you. Right. It It wasn't
2: like the gates just opened and then you were like, and it's wonderful now.
3: Oh, yeah. And I'll say the same thing about having a baby. You know, this thing that I wanted for so, so, so long and everybody tells you it's the most amazing thing. You fall in love with this baby the minute you hold it. Your life is never the same. You've never known a love like this before, which is something I always resented and I still do not like it. I do not tell people without children that unless they have children they will never know this kind of love that that's bullshit like we all we you are capable of love and very strong love even if it's never with a child i just want to get that out there uh but holy crap this is hard and it's it's not you know my birth did not go the way we expected at all. It went basically the opposite, and so there was some 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 trauma in there that I had to process. Uh, I did not feel an immediate connection with her. Um, part of that had to do with the birth because I expected it to go one way, and then when I'm in the operating room having a C-section and I can't even see her for the first yeah. several minutes of her life, uh, yeah. it's not quite what I expected, and uh, it took it took some time for me to feel how I feel about her now. And my husband, you know, has, has had the same types of, of experiences as well. Like life is unpredictable. It is, it's going to do what it's going to do. And no matter what milestone we're trying to get to, we never get to a point where all the things we have to worry about are just gone and, and everything is smooth sailing. And you know, what, How boring would that be, though, if you did finally get that thing and now you're like at the top of the mountain and there's nowhere else to go? You know, like that. This is we're we're living life for a reason, you know, to to experience all the things that happen and to keep striving for things and to keep, you know, hoping, trying to make everything a little bit better and and to keep going. And so that's the way it is no matter what happens, no matter what, what you achieve, no matter what timeline you follow, there's always going to be challenges. There's always going to be struggles and there's always going to be joys and happiness that you didn't expect.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I want to go back for a minute to when you were first dating your now husband and kind of, Talking through, you know, you mentioned that the way that you would approach not having had an official relationship mm-hmm. before was just like word vomit in a sense yep. of like <laughs> here it all is. I'm curious how you shifted your mindset and approached it differently.
3: Yeah. Yeah with him.
2: Like what did that look like? Well wait, it, can I interject
1: it, something really fun yeah. something random first? Did you yes. see that movie? Um, I think I think HBO Max maybe did it, the like Barb and Star go to Vista del Mar.
3: I did no. not. No, I did not. Oh, I know what okay.
1: you're talking about. <laughs> Cuz um the crux of it is that like Chris Evans wants to be an official couple with the Kristen wig character and he only uses the phrase official couple the entire time. <laughs> like he doesn't use like boy and like it just like kills me that like I, I just keep thinking about like and then like how did you tell him you'd never had an official couple? <laughs> uh, official I've never been one half I've never been in an, an couple. official couple. I've never been a half. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry.
3: Oh, no, no, that's good. Um, Well, it all kind of tied into finally feeling <clears throat> good and confident in who I was, which made me feel like I did not have to explain myself to anybody, and which also made me realize that there are certain things that that don't have to be anybody else's business unless I want them to. And if I decide yeah. they're nobody's business right now, I can change my mind on that later if they have proven to be worthy of, of, of hearing more about my experiences. So I made the decision before I met him that, um, I wanted all past relationships off the table to start at least certainly for me, I was not going to talk about it. And I I think I said it to him pretty quickly within our first couple of dates. Um, I was like, I don't want to talk about the past. I honestly don't really care what your dating past is. Uh, I want to get to know you now. And I, I don't really want to talk about what I have, you know, my experiences either, because I don't think it matters. I don't think it has anything to do with our future and our potential success or, or, or not. Um, And he was like, fine, cool. I don't want to talk about mine either. He, he was divorced and um, you know, there was a lot of, of pain and a lot of things that he had been through as well that he didn't want to talk about right off the bat either. Uh, So he was totally fine with that. And, you know, there are some people, if I had said, I don't really want to talk about my past relationships, who would have thought that was a red flag. And cool. That's not my person. That That's absolutely not my person. So when he was yeah, like, yeah, I Yeah, I want to see fine. Laura
1: and Therapy Jeff. Go ahead. <laughs> I was about to
2: say, our, the the last guest that we had two weeks ago is um, Therapy Jeff. He's a, uh-huh. a therapist that we had an amazing conversation with him. But it's it was funny because one of his whole things is asking all these questions about people's exes. And he like wants to know. So, mm. but he... To your point, he wouldn't be your person. Like nope. that's valid for him.
3: Yeah. And this exactly. is valid for you. And that, I think that's an important point too, that that doesn't make him wrong. That means right. he's following what, what he needs to do in a relationship. And that's, yeah. that's great. That's, you get to like, when it comes to the rules, like we were talking about, you get to make your own rules. Like that's, those are the rules that matter. So for you, yeah, you might have some deal breakers and you might have things that really matter to you. Follow that. Like, do you need to do what feels right to you? And even if it doesn't make sense to anybody else, or even if all of the experts tell you, oh, that's wrong. That's, well, that's why you're single because you shouldn't be doing that. No, follow follow your instincts. Follow what it is that is going to help you feel comfortable in a relationship and help you get to know that person. And for me, when it came to my husband and with the point that I was at and having just been kind of burned by a person who tried to manipulate uh, my past experiences, I didn't want to talk about it. And I just didn't think it was any of his business. I also had finally told myself that my past experiences did not dictate my future success in relationships. And so I no longer was looking at my past as, well, this is what's going to hold me back. It was just, mm. it just was stuff that happened. It it, it wasn't indicative of my future success. Uh, and so we didn't talk about it and we got to know each other. And, you know, I slowly started telling him more and more. And when it came to the point that he knew that I had never had a serious relationship, he was, he was surprised um, because, you know, he'd gotten to know me and we were obviously very close at this point and he couldn't believe that that nobody else had gotten to know me in the way he had and hadn't liked what they saw but also he you know in this I I, this was very important to me as well because I kept thinking well if I've never had a relationship I don't know I'm not going to know how to do it I'm not going to know how when I finally do meet that person I'm going to screw it all up because I won't know I won't have made all of my mistakes when I was younger and in relationships that didn't matter and yeah that was gonna so, be my
2: next question for you is like yeah, is, is approaching that
3: that and that scared me that I was just gonna be totally lost and totally learning as I went and make all these mistakes and you know my like the two big things that my husband would say is first of all I can't believe that nobody else has seen what I saw in you and I like I'm glad because it meant that I got to meet you but I'm that's shocked that's really sweet but also you don't in any way seem like you've never been in a relationship. Like you, oh. you are, you are great at this relationship, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, that's and nice so it's, you know, we click together, we work well together. And I, I don't know if I could have had this, if I would have known how to do a relationship. If I'm doing a lot of air quotes here, because I, I feel like there's all <laughs> these things that we say that, you know, are, are not we, we put labels on so many things, but you know, not knowing how to do a relationship, maybe with the wrong person, I would have made mistakes and it wouldn't have worked out or they would have felt like, Oh, she's, she's too inexperienced for me. Um, But I don't think at any point in our relationship has my experience or lack of actually come into play in any way. So the message that I try to tell women and men too, but women are the ones who I primarily talk to. Um, your past experiences do not dictate your future success. And that also goes for, for people who've mm. had failed relationships. That doesn't mean that you're always going to have failed relationships. And you know, it's funny, I, I t- when I talk to women who've never had a relationship before and they feel like I had felt that there's something wrong with them and that they're not going to be worthy of a relationship when it finally comes around because they haven't had this experience. It's like, okay. So your society is trying to tell us that somebody... Because if you're dating somebody, they are single. They they have, yes. they have not... I would hopefully, hope. I would hopefully, say, yeah,
1: yeah, exactly.
3: Hopefully. They have not had a successful relationship because it's ended. If they have had a relationship before, it's ended. For whatever reasons, it, it has ended. So we will call that an unsuccessful relationship by the standard of you're not married. Right. Um, and so you're trying to tell me that somebody who's failed at something. And again, for I say these words to support women who've never been in a relationship before. I do not believe that being in a relationship and breaking up means you failed. But if we just want to look at the basic facts, okay, those are failed relationships because you're not still together and you're not married. So you're yeah. trying to tell me that somebody who has a string of failed relationships is somehow more equipped and better at going into a new relationship than you who doesn't have a failed relationship. Like it just, it's, it's so silly the way we, we break these things down, you know, because there, it's, it's not black and white. It's not you're good at relationships and you're not, it just doesn't work that way. Um, and so it, what matters most is that you own the timeline that you're on and that you own the situations that you have been in and that you don't feel you have to apologize for them. And you can go into the next opportunity feeling like this is a clean slate. This is a fresh start. And then what has happened before is not going to to dictate what happens from here on out.
2: Yeah. It's like a similar mindset as I think about when people say to me like, well, you're single. How do you give dating advice?
3: Mm-hmm. And oh. they're
2: like, well, I, like in people in my TikTok comments, they'll be like, well, I, you know, I've been married for 20 years, so you should listen to me. And I'm like, that's amazing uh-huh. for you. But like, that doesn't mean you're an expert. No. Like, no. that's, that you, great, good job. I You probably got real lucky if you met somebody at exactly. 19 that, that you yes. ended up being with for the rest of your life. Like, wow, that's lucky. I'm very happy for you. But like, it doesn't mean that you know how to approach dating.
1: Yeah. Or alternatively, I would say, may- maybe they do. I would say, no, okay, for sure. start a TikTok account. It just
2: doesn't yeah. mean that they do. Like it's right, not, yeah.
1: correlation does not imply
2: causation.
3: Yes. I think also, a, they know their relationship. They know what yeah. worked for them. And so like, I, I feel none of us, no matter what our experience is, can tell people what to do based on. our our experiences alone, you know, because everybody is unique. Everybody's experiences are different. And trying to tell people like these blanket statements of this is how you date. This is how you find love. This is how you, uh, you know, are a successful married couple. Well, that might have worked for you, but that might not work for somebody else. So can we please acknowledge the fact that everybody is living their own unique life and that that means they're living by their own unique rules. They're they're looking for their own unique things. The things that work for them don't necessarily work for others. And and that's okay. Just because somebody's life experiences does not mirror your own, does Mm -hmm. not make them wrong or weird or, or anything. It just means that's... That's just how it is. That's just what their life is. Uh, and I feel like that is, if from dating on to every other aspect of life, I, fe- I feel like if we could all just kind of sit back and realize that our own experiences do not mean it's what everybody else has to have, we would be so much happier and so much more content if we could acknowledge that everyone is living their own unique experience. And just because you haven't felt it does not mean that, that it's not valid for them.
2: Yeah. Or the other way too, like comparing yourselves to other people and thinking yeah. like, you know, they have what I want. You know, I'm not there yet. That must be so much better.
3: Yes. Yes, exactly. And and just, yeah, that must be so much better. How do
1: you encourage people to balance pursuing and prioritizing what they want, a partner and maybe mm-hmm. a family, but also making their life full should that not happen for them? Yeah.
3: Yeah. And I think that's a really important question because there is this kind of like large belief that either you are happily single or you want a partner, that you cannot have Mm. the two. And that somehow, if you actually do want a partner, it means you can't be happy as a single person. I firmly believe that every person who wants to have and wants to find a partner and wants to be in that loving, committed, uh, healthy relationship, whatever it looks like to you, I believe you're going to find that person at some point. I, I believe that it will happen. I just can't tell you when. We just don't know when it's going to happen. So in the meantime, what do we do? What do we do that that makes us happy? What are the things that we can control, because we can't? And Ali, you you mentioned it. You said luck, like the people, somebody who met somebody at nineteen, like you got. Yeah. No matter when you meet your person, there is so there's luck involved in that. And if you happen to have met them when you were twenty or twenty five or thirty congratulations, a little bit of luck was on your side that that's the time that you met your person. I feel incredibly lucky that I met my husband at 35 and a half. Um, there's, There's just, it doesn't, it didn't mean that I was finally like, ready for a relate? I was finally, I'd done all the work and I had finally was capable of being in a relationship. No, it, it meant I had I had done some of that uh, for sure, but it there was luck. He was brought into my life at that point. We our paths crossed at that point. Some people get lucky and it happens a lot earlier. Um but it doesn't mean that, you know, they are on some higher level of of personal understanding that they were then ready to have a relationship. No, there's a lot of luck that that's involved that that falls into that place. So yeah. while you wait for your person to come along to, to have that happen in your life, what are the things that you can control? Because we can't control when he or she arrives. We cannot control that. So it's so important to, to control the things you can control and to identify what those things are uh, and to to not feel like if you focus on those things that you are pushing back the possibility of meeting that person if you focus on what you can control and what makes you happy you are not becoming this selfish person who doesn't have room to let somebody else into their life you will when it's the right person it doesn't mean that you don't deserve to be happy right now with the things that are within your control. So I work with a lot of women on identifying what it is we can control versus what we can't and how we really focus on what we can control. Because the the crazy thing is when we make ourselves happy, when we do things that give us fulfillment, when, when we feel good about who we are right now, we are in such a better place when that person does come around we mm-hmm. are we're, we're we'll be meeting yeah. them from a place of i am confident in who i am i i don't need you i want you in my life if this is the right fit and that means this person is meeting such a good version of it. They're meeting the real version of yourself and a happy version of yourself, a content version of yourself, a confident version of yourself. So it's so important for you to be able to listen to what it is that you want and you need. And it's actually, I believe, going to help you find that person. and, And when you do find that person, have it be much more of the success that you want uh, than if you are just telling yourself, I'm nothing without this person. I have my, my whole life, I wake up in the morning thinking, how do I meet this person? I go to bed at night dreaming about mm. what are the things that I'm doing wrong? What do I need to do instead? And, and not actually focusing on the things that we want and that we need as, as our own individual.
1: I love that. I feel like yeah. that's like the perfect. That's the brand too. Like, yeah, we, we love that's that. like
2: the we love that. <laughs> that's like the perfect soundbite to wrap all of this up is like yes, that exactly that. Mic drop goodbye. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and we're
3: done here. That's it. <laughs> we're done. We've solved the, all the problems exactly. And, we're, and we're you know, I now. think that's I think that's important too. I I do want to say you know there isn't this point. If you are single and you are struggling with being single and you want to be in that relationship and you have questions about why you're not, which is human, that is that is just a normal, normal thing to feel that way. Um, there's never going to be a moment where you get to this point of, yeah, I'm totally cool with not having a relationship. Everything's great. <laughs> right. I love my life. Yeah. I don't need that. I, I think that a lot of times we feel that if we ever have these moments of thinking, oh God, I do wish I had that that we have failed ourselves then or all this work that we've done is all for nothing. We're going to have those feelings. Those feelings are so normal and they're so understandable and they're so valid. Mm -hmm. Um, we're just trying not to live in those feelings on a 24 seven basis, you know, but it is okay to want to be in a relationship and to, to have, to not, to not feel great all the time about being single uh that's totally okay and totally normal and we need to cut ourselves some slack we need to show ourselves some grace we need to be honest with ourselves about the realities of of life that we can we can be comp- we are complex people we can have complex emotions and feelings we can be very happy with ourselves and yet also have moments where oh, it's valentine's day and i'm alone you know what yeah. this does suck this this yeah sucks. I feel bad it's about like, this.
2: That's okay. It's like an and and not an or. Yeah, like you totally. can be happy yes. and want something. And I yes. think the the narrative that like, oh, well, if you're know if you not happy alone, then you're never yes. going to be happy with someone. Or like you have to fully love yourself or like because Ugh. you want a relationship means you that. don't fully love yourself. Exactly. Like, no, that's not true. <laughs>
3: exactly. Yep, exactly. And they're, yes, there's so – uh, there's so many things that we feel and so many things that we experience and go through and i am all about validating those and and embracing them and not trying to tell ourselves oh that's wrong i can't feel that way i have to stop feeling that way we have to acknowledge how we feel uh you know i i'm very big into like toxic positivity is so damaging it tells people that you have to be happy all the time everything has to be good we can't talk about the tough times. We have to talk about the tough times in order to get through to the happier times. We have to be able to grieve things that we don't have. We have to be able to acknowledge what it is that we don't have. As a very brand new mom, I am I am grieving my, pa- my previous life. Mm. I have had to give mm, myself yeah. permission to mourn this this really great life that I had that I had no responsibilities to a tiny human, and yeah. I have had, it. It kind of surprised me, but I have had to give myself permission and space to to grieve that, even though I finally have this thing that I wanted for so long. Uh, so yeah, we have to we have to cut ourselves some slack. Really, we we all could do a little more or a lot more of that on a regular basis. Yeah. Amen. Well, Laura, can you tell our listeners where to? find you contact you yes definitely well I am uh, I'm on Instagram uh, at Laura b Banky the last name is b e h n k e I am as we're recording this I'm on maternity leave so I'm not posting as frequently, but I will be, and you can still find, you can still find me there. You can send me a message through there, through, uh, through Instagram. I will get back to you at some point. Uh, and there's also my, my website, laurabanky.com, uh, that has all the information on how to work with me and the various uh, things that, that I offer. And I also have a podcast as well called the life actually podcast, uh, which is a conversation each week, we're on hiatus right now, again, because of the maternity leave. But it's a conversation each week with a different woman. All we do is we talk about her story. We talk about her experience and what she's been through. And I firmly believe that when we, when we hear more experiences that other people have, when we, we find out what they actually have gone through, uh, it helps us feel a little bit better about our own. Because yeah. we start to realize that there is no normal. There is, there's no one way to do anything. There's no one way to find success, to find happiness, to find romance. There's no one way. So anyway, that's the Life Actually podcast. You can find that wherever you get podcasts. Great, great name,
1: by the way. Thank, yeah, you. I love Thank you. I like that.
3: <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that's, that's my company is the Life Actually company because there's the life you thought you would have and then there's your life actually. And I believe love that it's that. the actually. Yeah, that's awesome. The actually is where the magic happens. That's that's where your life actually comes from that the actually once you choose to accept the actually and embrace it.
2: Incredible. Well Laura, yeah. thank you so much again for being here. This was amazing. We loved hearing your story and I know the listeners are going to too.
3: Oh yeah. thank you. It was so nice to chat with you guys. I love your podcast. I love the messages that you are sending. I I'm so I'm so glad we got to chat. I feel like we are all like we're we're so in the same on the same wavelength. <laughs> i know it's funny our
1: listeners always call us out where it's like all of you are just like yeah
3: yeah yeah (laughs) for sure yes yes we just agree with each other all the time (laughs)
1: yeah but it's great i'm fine with it Yeah. yeah well everyone enjoy um happy valentine's day happy super bowl sunday it's a good weekend good weekend it's a good weekend bye